Hello and welcome to episode 185 of the Smash Accept podcast. I'm your host, Michael Royer. You can find me on Twitter at DynastyDadFF. Joining me as always is my partner in crime, the one, the only, FF Snoog. How you doing tonight, brother? We're doing good, man. And, and Alvin Kamara's back finally. 13 catches, 30 yards. That's how we do it. PPR monster. I'm excited. Hey. I'm excited to talk some fantasy with two of the best to ever do it. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't pretty as far as yardage-wise, but we'll take it for PPR, right? And uh, we'll be giving away that Alvin Kamara mini helmet later on this week. So you guys, you know, stay tuned. Keep following for that. This week was just super exciting. You know, the entire atmosphere. We're at that quarter wave, Snoog, where we're fourth away through the season. We're all starting to figure out, you know, are we a playoff team? Are we a contender? Are we a pretender? And uh, one of the guys that's been helping us do that, he's been helping everybody on Twitter lately. He's been blowing up, obviously, the host of No Expert Fantasy Football Content. Joe Orico, welcome to the show, buddy. How are we doing, guys? Thank you for having me. Uh, let's get into it. Going to be a good one. Very excited. Really appreciate the invite. So, Joe, tell me real quick how you got started in the industry, you know, how long you've been doing this. And if you guys don't follow him, I mean, absolute at no expert ff on twitter absolute beast he's been putting out phenomenal content for redraft he's, he's a must follow when you're kind of looking into getting yourself set up for the playoffs really appreciate it yeah likewise i mean you know when dynasty season comes around you know where i'll be tuned hopefully i can join you guys uh, a little bit in that journey as well but yeah um realized one day i spend way too much time on fantasy uh trying to win my leagues so might as well you know, put the content out there. I, you know, I'm driven. I love it. Uh, it's my favorite thing. So here we are. And like I said, very excited to start and can't stop. Won't stop. <laughs> yeah. And that's kind of how we got started too, is it's like you, you, you put yep. so much time into your team and then it's over, you know? And I, like, for me, it's like Madden franchise mode started it all for me for dynasty, right? You're making them <laughs> trades and it never ends. We carried it over to here. So excited yep. to chop it up here with you. Uh, and try to get things going. Tonight's podcast, what we're going to do is we're going to do, like I said, since we're one-fourth of the way through the season, there's been a lot of things to change. I mean, nobody's draft board looks the same as what it was day one. So we're going to do a one-quarterback mock. We're going to talk about some of our favorite players as we go along and really try to put you guys in that position to you know win yourself a, a fantasy championship. Joe, since you specialize a lot more in redraft, and we talk a lot about you know breaking things into quarterlies, so that way, you know, in Dynasty, it's like, hey, am I rebuilding? Am I going all the way? How do you talk to teams that are right now, they're, you know, they got one win or they're, you know, they're they're sitting there at two and two, one and three, maybe even oh and four. You know, in Dynasty, we start to say, hey, let's rebuild. Let's start looking. At <laughs> How do you go about advising people on that? Because I know on your channel, you know, people are asking you questions all the time about how do I get myself into that position where I'm I'm going to be a playoff team? Yeah, I mean, it's the biggest question I get asked uh, from my subscribers and realistically you need to nothing else matters other than the next game mm -hmm. every person you're waiting for on your bench to explode gotta go gotta exhaust the resources you have a starting lineup you have nothing else you look ahead maybe one week if you want to stream defenses you don't leave it up to chance on the waivers you get your guys cash in get a starting lineup out there i just you know in one of my leagues full transparency oh and four and by the way, nobody works harder in that league than me. And traded this week, had went and got Justin Fields. I couldn't look at Dak in my lineup anymore. Justin Fields, welcome to the team. Uh, the yesterday, yester week, last week, I traded like three running backs, acquired CMC. Those are the type of moves you need to make. Um, I will be, you know, cautious in saying, don't, you know, just forget about a guy like Jalen Waddle, or don't just like throw away Chris Olave for example, after one bad week, you know, if anything, go get them because mm -hmm. oftentimes, you know, you know, come week 10, maybe Tyree kill managers are going to be like, damn, what happened here? Like, where did the Jalen model guy come from? So, you know, but my best advice would be you need to go get that win. Uh, the next week is really the one that matters. So, yeah. Yeah. And I love yep. that because we're on bye week right now, you know, and this week's going to be, you got, you got Godwin, you got Evans, you got Keenan Allen, you know, you have a lot of guys that if you're 0-4, you're 1-3, you might be wanting to push those guys for another one. That's a right. great, 
Great piece of advice there. Let's get this thing kicked off. We're going to give you that, that 101, that first overall pick. You're on the board. Tell us who you like and why. Yeah, so the 101 for me, honestly, hasn't changed uh, since you know this all began. For me, it always has been Christian McCaffrey. So I'm going to wait to select him for a sec. I have two minutes, but... You know, with Christian McCaffrey, only other running back besides Danian Tomlinson to go back-to-back PPR top two running backs, you know, and he missed that back-to-back number one spot by like less than one point on the season uh, to Saquon Barkley's rookie year. When he is healthy, there is no better player for fantasy football on the face of the planet. And if you don't own him, tune into the games every once in a while. He's on a mission. I mean, I'm hearing Christian McCaffrey MVP chants and talks on Twitter, and quite frankly, it's very justified. Nobody is doing what he's doing. He's putting up numbers that a wide receiver one that you draft at the end of the first round is putting up. He's a running back. And then he's scoring three touchdowns as well. Should have had five this week. And honestly, when you watch Christian McCaffrey, it doesn't seem that hard. Like it doesn't seem impossible. He, if he drops 40 again in week five, I'm not going to bat an eye. So I'm going to go ahead, select McCaffrey, zero disrespect to JJ, Eckler, et cetera. But for me, it's McCaffrey for sure. Yeah, and, and that's the right pick. I mean, obviously, looking at what he did in PPR this week, what was it, 54 fantasy points. I mean, that's that's a weekly winner. That's a league winner. Uh, for me, you know, and, and this is kind of where I've been on this, is I'm taking Justin Jefferson, you know, and I don't fault anybody for taking Christian McCaffrey. But Justin Jefferson just gives you that – that safe floor. We know the wide receivers are, you know, have that lower injury risk and what he's been able to do. I mean, he's on pace for well over 2000 yards and I think he gets it this year, which would be phenomenal. But I mean, his value cannot go up any higher. (coughs) What I say is the absolute safest pick when you come to this, this type of, you know, draft, I'm taking Justin Jefferson. Now it gets a little bit trickier. We're going to kick it over to Snoog. You get two picks in a row here, brother. Yeah, I mean, the first one's an easy pick for me. I mean, this is my 103 all through the offseason. Tyree Kill, 25-plus points per game throughout the first four weeks, and he's on a mission as well. He, Him and Jay Jeff are just chasing down that 2,000-mark number, and one of them's going hit to the, hit it this year. I'm confident in that. And Tua and Kirk are playing phenomenal football. Kirk ain't winning, but Tua is, and both of them are absolutely crushing it. So I think Tyree Kill is literally symmetrical with Justin Jefferson here. So you just take whoever falls. Next pick is tricky, though. I I really want to believe that it should be somebody, but I think I'm just going to – I love to just ride it with the running back stack. I really think B. John Robinson's phenomenal, and what he's done in his first four games is also phenomenal. I think he has three games with 20-plus points per game. He's a PPR machine out of the backfield. Desmond Ritter can't throw the ball 10 yards down the field, so all those targets are going to B. John Robinson. And Arthur Smith said they're going to ride it out with Ritter. So that means more Bijan Robinson targets. You guys saw the one-handed snag. He makes things look so effortless on that football field. Highest prospect I've ever graded at the position. And I think he's the clear best or one of right behind CMC, best running back in the NFL. Joe, we go to the the wrap there. And obviously, I mean, we're letting team number four pick. Jamar Chase is someone that people are asking about so often, right? I mean, that that Cincinnati offense is struggling mightily. Today, you know, we, we keep putting out all this weekly content. And people are like, Jamar Chase, is he a buy or a sell? And it's like, in Dynasty, he's an absolute buy. Right. Long-term, no issues at all. How worried are you about this Cincinnati offense? Because, you know, he showed signs in week three. He looked phenomenal. But this offense is struggling mightily. How are you advising people in redraft to, to work with Jamar Chase? Because I've been advocating, hey, let's tear down a little bit. Let's go to, mm-hmm. you know, in our areas of A.J. Brown or some of Stephon Diggs, guys that, you know, are absolute studs that are getting it done. Yeah, you know, it's very trendy right now to be all out, to say it's a lost season, mm-hmm. you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But, I mean, realistically, you saw 14.3 points this week on nine targets as a floor, not even a touchdown. I mean, that's good. That's If that's a floor, that's more than good. It's very good. Um, the buy is week seven. If you're a team that's three, three and one, four and oh, I'm trading. I'm trading for Jamar Chase because the guy who has him probably isn't doing great and is looking at the bye week. I would go acquire him. You could probably have him as your wide receiver two on your team. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. And I think it's going to pay off later in the year, kind of like Herbert, uh, Justin Herbert and his investments tied to him did later in the year after he sorted out the ribs and the receivers got healthy. I view it very similarly. I don't think these guys are just going to give up. So. I like it. I like it. Cause I mean, a lot of people are really just, they're, they're hitting that panic button for no reason. Right. Uh, for, for me here, you know, and I know you guys started hitting the running backs a little <laughs> bit. I'm going to take Stefan Diggs. 
I think Diggs right now has a you know top five floor every single week or top five ceiling every single week, but he's a wide receiver one floor. I mean, Stefan Diggs tied to Josh Allen is an absolute smash here. And I like to build my teams early based off the wide receiver position. So, you know, Joe, you're the you're the star of the show here. You got two picks in a row. Now we started to go very similar right now to how things were, you know pre-draft season now we get to a weird spot right now we have this area where it's like we lost Nick Chubb Saquon Barkley's been injured Travis Kelsey hasn't quite put up the same numbers you know where do you go with these next two picks yeah so I have and again I'm kind of going to ignore my roster construction here I'm kind of just going to go in order we're like we're like we're doing a ranking if you will um the next guy for me is Tony Pollard I think there's three running backs that you look at them and you say these are the guys, you know, back when I was growing up, it was 12 and they went one through 12 in drafts for a good reason. That's not the case anymore. You have McCaffrey, Bijan and Pollard right now. I leave out Barkley. I leave out Eckler. They're dealing with injuries. Let's see a game first. Right. But those three, I look, I say, there's no risk here. Knock on wood, obviously. Um, and you know, the risk that there is, I'm willing to take on, I'm willing to take on that Bijan's a rookie. I'm willing to take on that McCaffrey's missed a season or two before I'm willing to take on that Pollard's never been the guy. Pollard's mm-hmm. the guy right now as the RB3 rest of season. For me, not a great uh, game here in week four, only nine fantasy points. But again, these game scripts for the Cowboys are ridiculous. I mean, the defense puts up 21 points, you know, three touchdowns worth of real life points. These offensive weapons are not going to be amazing. You're seeing it with Lamb a bit, obviously with Dak. I think they're really being slept on. People are finally giving Pollard his respect, but he is my pick. View him as a top three guy. So I'm going to go I ahead and select him. I love that because Snoog and I all off season were, you know, catching a lot of flack. We're like, Hey, this is an area where we have to absolutely, you know, look at what Tony Pollard has done in the past. His efficiency was phenomenal. Then he gets the bell cow roll and people are like, ah, oh, he's going to break down. He has looked absolutely amazing throughout this, this season. You have him yep. th- three rest of schedule. Yeah. Three rest of season. Um, you know, obviously Eckler and Barkley are going to probably have something to say about that at some point. I mean, that's your top five, but it's just hard to throw dudes who are not playing right now in the top five or whatever. Um, and I see it auto picked for me or whatever, Kelsey, but he I, was my next pick. Um, I'm not too worried about Kelsey at all. And I'll make this quick because I, I didn't use the timer there. Um, not amazing outputs yet to surpass 20 points. He had 19.9 in week three, you know, obviously injured week one. But again, Mahomes isn't, They've had some weird game scripts too. And Mahomes didn't look like himself in week four. The schedule is incredible. Den, uh, Minnesota, Denver, Chargers, Denver again, then Miami, then the bye. I mean, if you could handpick matchups, those are literally the matchups. So the Kelsey 40-pointer is coming. He's the lead receiver, eight-plus targets every game. Kelsey should be, you know, up there. That's a great pick. I think a lot of people are, are just – they're so used to set it and forget it with Travis Kelsey that he's putting up – 25 points in, in tight end premium that people are starting to think that he's he's not playing up to snuff, but you're right. It is coming. Right. Uh, my pick here is, is A.J. Brown. I think A.J. Brown, you know, he's been the wide receiver one over the last two weeks. We had that little bit of a, a scuffle on the side with him and, and Jalen Hurts. Ever since then, he's just led the league in, in pretty much everything, you know, over these last two weeks. He's looked phenomenal, and I absolutely love what he's doing in this offense. You know, you're going to have these – Joe, a lot of times we have things where – you know, they're talking about it's A.J. Brown week. Is it Avanti Smith week? I think I'm comfortable starting both of those. We start to get to a lot of other teams. Like, is it a Nico Collins or a Tank Dell week? You know, is it is it T. Higgins or Jamar Chase with the way that offense is going? For me, both the Eagles, I'm set it, forget it, and let's roll. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, rest of season, I, I do prefer A.J. Brown a little bit. But, you know, you dynasty guys, man. Definitely convincing me on Devontae Smith. You know, he was a guy who was off just at the price. Uh, I, I liked Alave, like, for redraft for example, and Waddle and those guys more. Um, mm-hmm. Some people didn't, no big deal. You know, admittedly, I was pretty wrong. I think he's definitely a top 15 guy uh, rest of season for sure. Yeah, and it's tough when you got – I mean, that's an offense where I love DeAndre Swift. I've been huge on Jalen Hurts. I'm pretty close to the Philly area. But then you have both these guys. The question for me that I keep getting from everybody is Dallas Goddard. I mean, Dallas Goddard has almost disappeared in this offense right now. And with the emergence of how well DeAndre Swift has played and how much – red zone opportunities that obviously Jalen Hurts is running in. How worried are you about Dallas Goddard the rest of the season? I get people talking him outside their top 10. I got him as my my tight end eight right now. And I mm-hmm. think bigger games are, are coming down the stretch. But for right now, a lot of people are worried about putting him in their lineup. 
Yeah, I mean, for my followers, sorry. I mean, every post every day was, you know, Goddard or Waller in rounds six through eight, whatever, wherever they were going. They're my favorite picks. Yeah. And, you know, right now, not working out so much. I've reached the point where Goddard is going to see the bench. You know, two more weeks of this, he can be dropped. But like a guy like Ferguson, for example, um, is going to be starting over Goddard, unfortunately. And, you know, the one thing in, on, in my department that I didn't necessarily account for with Goddard was the OC change. Mm-hmm. And it's just very clear. Like, obviously, he's a fundamental part of the offense, plays 90% of snaps or more, usually more. But the targets are just four line, you're four yards from the line of scrimmage. Um, and it's just not really materializing yet. You know, one of the games they ran a fake, um, like tush push or whatever, and he was wide open, but you know, the play got blown up or there was a penalty, blah, blah. But whatever reason, it just isn't working right now. So he sees the bench for now. And, you know, Ingram, you know, Komet, even Ferguson, those guys are all going in over him. Definitely Laporta. Yeah. And you, you, I mean, you can't sit back and just say, well, next week, you know, I've been doing that yeah. a lot with Kyle Pitts in my redraft. Yeah. And it's like, ah, next week's going to be good. Snoog, you're back. And I know your boy just fell to you. Yeah. I had to go with Devontae Adams here because I literally still don't think there's like four wide receivers better than him. I think it literally goes JJF, Tyree Kill, and then Devontae Adams. And everyone, I pounded the jump for him all off season. He's one of my most owned dynasty wide receivers because of how cheap he was and everyone was scared of Jimmy G, but Jimmy G's done nothing but absolutely feed this guy 50 targets through four weeks. That's like a 200 pace. That's not going to happen, but he's probably going to be in the 170, 180 range. And he's the wide receiver six through four weeks as well. So dude was playing with Aiden McConnell and Jimmy Garoppolo. And it doesn't matter. He played with Derek Carr. He played with Aaron (laughs) Rodgers. He's I could go out there and throw him the football and he'd still put up wide receiver one numbers. So, I think Devontae Adams is still one of the best in the game, and that's why I'm taking him over C.D. Lamb. Even with the question marks at quarterback, I think he's too good to not go over him, and Dak hasn't impressed me too much. The next pick here. Can we go over real quick where we're at with the uh, the ghost guy picking there with Saquon Barkley and talk yeah. to, to Joe about Saquon a little bit? I mean, the Giants offense is abysmal right now. Is it the lack of Saquon Barkley? If he comes back, does it get a little bit better? Or is Saquon literally the only guy we're trusting in this entire offense? Because just like you, I was all in on Darren Waller. You know, as my tight end three, tight end four going in. Does Barkley interject some life into this this you know offense where Daniel Jones becomes semi viable and super flex, and Darren Waller starts to come back, or is it just Saquon? And then let's let's forget about the rest of this offense. Yeah, I think he does uh, because you know, right now it is literally just Daniel Jones and they're shutting down the run from him for the most part. Obviously he had a nice night running it last night, but, and if he is not staring down Darren Waller and completing that, you know, there's not much going on. So when Barkley comes back, I think it's going to get better again, just another trendy viewpoint to be very out on the giants, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, with the jokes and this and that, I get it. But you know, anytime someone's moving or sorry, everyone's moving one way, you should at least consider the other way. Right. Yeah. Like what if you're wrong? What if the, everyone's wrong? Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden you just traded for Daniel Jones for pocket change and you have a nice top 15 QB. You traded for Saquon Barkley for pocket change and you have a top five RB because a, a healthy Saquon is just that regardless of matchup. Right. And they need him bad. So I think when he comes back, he's going to be utilized heavily and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Honestly, I'm not on the train of, you know, just killing the Giants, honestly. And that's a great point because in, in Dynasty, we do that all the time, right? Like people get so out on a player because of where they're at, you know, and they, because of the way the narrative's going. So, I mean, if that's the case, you know, obviously Saquon and Daniel Jones do have some some buy potential. Snoog, you're back up, brother. Yeah, I, I love going wide receiver heavy. Oh, my God. Formats, especially since I went B. John Robinson, so I'm just going to play the board here. I'm going to St. Brown's a guy that's going to clear 100 receptions this year as long as he's healthy. Clear number one option in the Lions pass the game. Goff's go-to target, and he's just a playmaker. I mean, I've been getting to watch a lot more of him diving into his film through the first four weeks, and he's just been so great after the catch. He had that one play against the Packers where he broke like six people's ankles. feel bad for those guys because they probably went home with spats up to their knees. But Amon Ross St. Brown's just a great player. He's very fundamentally sound, and I wasn't super, super high on him in the past, but I'm starting to come around on him more because I just think his role is what's going to make him so well, not necessarily as much as talent. I don't think he's like a top five talent or top 12, top 10 talent, but I think he is one of the better wide receivers. And I think he has a really safe floor with those 20 plus point week upsides. 
with my pick here, and this is where the dynasty world versus the redraft world gets interesting, right? Because we love guys like Garrett Wilson and Jalen Waddle and Chris Olave in the offseason, but it's guys like what we have on here with Stefan Diggs, Devontae Adams, and my man Keenan Allen, who I was buying everywhere in Dynasty for less than a first round pick. Keenan Allen I didn't is a wide him. Right? <laughs> yeah. I didn't even see it. You, <laughs> it, maybe we'll make a trade after this, but you guys know that you you guys follow me. Keenan Allen has been my guy. Absolutely love him. Tied to Justin Herbert. Now I know Herbert, you know, has the the injured finger here, but they get the bye week. He's going to get things right. He's going to get peppered with targets. I mean, obviously with Mike Williams out for the season, that that changes things a little bit. I think he's going to see a lot more, you know, press coverage and a lot of things like that. But Keenan Allen, absolute beast. Rest of the season, top five as long as he's healthy. Joe. When you look at things, you know, year after year, we, we discredit these studs that because they're aging, right? Everybody wants to say, well, Stefan Diggs is getting a little bit older. Tyreek Hill's getting a little bit older. Devontae Adams, he's older. He's got a new quarterback, Keenan Allen. Christian it's like, McCaffrey. Yep. Right, right. We, we want to make that new sexy piece, right? We wanted to say, you know, I mean, obviously Chase and, and Jefferson are studs, but we wanted to put Wilson up there. We wanted to put Waddle. We wanted to put Olave. And when you're in redraft mode, you got to be taking the proven studs. Yeah, there's definitely value. And honestly, the age lets you get these players out of value. I mean, Keenan Allen is at this point, you know, first quarter of the season, whatever we're at, is an absolute league winner um, if we're, you know, using that term. And just because you can get him in the fifth or sixth round in some drafts, you know, all the way back in the summer. So you got to capitalize on these advantage, um, these discounts. You know, a guy like Hopkins, for example, right? It's not, doesn't work for everyone, but it's worth mm-hmm. a, a shot. And, you know, maybe Hopkins finishes strong, but who knows? You are back on the clock for a double tap. Yes. So I was hoping Keenan didn't go. Um, And just looking at the board here, there are two players. um, I'm back to back, obviously, who are going to are going to do it for me. Uh, Obviously, the first one's going to be my boy here, Travis Etienne. So we're going to take Etienne. If you just look at the workload, okay, 23 touches last week. 20 or excuse me 23 opportunities 24 the week before 15 and then back to 23 in week one quite simply not many running backs get that amount of work and the good thing about Travis Etienne is he's really good at football I don't have to tell you guys you guys are the ones that put me on to how good he is right so it's gonna come here eventually Houston you know pretty good outing 17.8 and then Atlanta's a tough matchup right but at Buffalo, on paper, you know, it's in London, doesn't look great. We just saw HN rip them up for 100 plus, I believe, you know, over 10 a carry, if my memory serves me correctly. They give up those huge explosive runs. They run a zone scheme. So just be patient with ETN. Not many running backs, you know, these guys don't grow on trees who just get 20 opportunities and have a good quarterback. So the offensive line stinks. Hopefully it gets better. We'll see. And after Buffalo, Indianapolis, he put up 21 against them in week one. Speaking of running backs that don't grow on trees, sticking with that theme here, and I am going to go with my boy Ramadre. And it's really just a similar vein, um, counting his opportunities, counting back from week four, 17, 23, 18, 18. And his schedule has been absolutely brutal. The Jets and Dallas last two weeks, and in week five doesn't get much better, plays New Orleans. But then after that, Las Vegas, Buffalo, we just talked about, Miami, Washington, the Colts. I mean, that's five games in a row where you're going to have a running back who catches passes, who sees four targets a game at least, you know, able to run. So I'm really excited for Madre, one of my big buy lows right now. And it's really that tier under, you know, McCaffrey, Pollard, and Bijan, where you can, you know, you can go get them, and then eventually you go trade for McCaffrey. Sounds crazy, but you can do it, you know? So I really like Madre rest of season, and then there's kind of a big tier break here. And that middle-class running back has disappeared, right? Like there's yep. those elite guys up at the top. I love what you're saying about Ramondre Stevenson because that's someone that Snook and I have both been in on where people in Dynasty are hitting the panic button big time. I mean, mm-hmm. like people last week were messaging me, hey, you know, should I trade Ramondre for Zeke in a little in a, in a second? And they're like, whoa, whoa. No. You know, I know they were no. talking about moving him in there, but obviously Ramondre Stevenson, better days are above. I'm taking this is going to be crazy. You know, like we talk about trades where we're, we're, we're like – things that happened in the offseason. I'm taking Puka Nakua. He is the wide receiver four right now. 52 targets, 39 receptions, 501 yards. You know, he has he's been absolutely amazing. Gets into the end zone for the first time this week. Uh, Joe, this is where we get into an interesting situation because Cooper Cup, 
could be back this week, you know, and I think week one, people were like, well, maybe it was just a flash, right? Because we've seen young wide receivers do something week one and then disappear. And then week two, it was like, oh, wow, he did it again. Like the exact same thing. Got to almost get rid of every disbeliever at that point. Then week three, down a little bit. People are like, oh, well, that's where it is, right? Puka is going to come back down to earth. No, he goes right back out there, balls out again. When Cooper Cup comes back, what kind of breakdown do you see? Do you just see this as Tutu Atwell starting to disappear a little bit? Because he's played really nicely as well. But I think Cooper Cup and Puka both are sustainable the way that Matthew Stafford is slinging the ball for 300-plus yards a week. I totally agree. I mean, Matthew Stafford's on pace for over 5,000 yards right now. Unfortunately, only 12 touchdowns. Um, But listen, the thing with Puka is right now without Cooper Cup, he's a top six wide receiver, top eight wide receiver. Cup comes back. What does he drop to? Top 20? Well, guess what? When you picked him up, right, you know, you just got a free wide receiver too, worst case. So my Mm -hmm. advice is just to hold him. I mean, if you can go cash in for CeeDee Lamb, for example, I'd probably do that. Yeah. Right. Or Stefan Diggs or like any of these guys on the board who have gone before him. Sure. Um, I'll trade him for that. But if not, I'll just keep my wide receiver two with, you know, top six upside. Why would I not do that? And, you know, you look at like Robert Woods, for example, it's a super easy comparison to make. Obviously sometimes those aren't the best, but you know, three straight years with Stafford and cup as a top 15 wide receiver. So it's definitely in in the realm of possibilities, and Stafford's throwing it like upwards of thirty times a game, three hundred yards. Keep just keep the guy. Why would you not? Yeah, I think. Do you see a lot of your subscribers really talking about how it's like when they get a guy off of waivers, they get a, a Devin A chain, uh, a Chan. How do you? I keep pronouncing it wrong. We were all calling him A chain, but anyways, or you get a Pook, or you get those guys, and they almost look at it as free money and then trade them too cheap sometimes. I mean, people are are messaging me, and they're like, you know what, I'm going to trade I'm gonna trade Devin for, you know, maybe a guy that's maybe RB 15, 16. You're like, they, they can't keep this up. Or I'm going to trade Puka for, you know, a wide receiver in that 15 to 20 range. Do you find that happens sometimes? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I find that with my own teams. It's like, how, how valuable is a known commodity, right? And you, what you have to do is you kind of just have to compare the known to the ceiling because mm-hmm. you have to compare it to what you could possibly be missing out on, right? So if you can get a player who matches this player's ceiling, congratulations, you've hit the lottery. I mean, literally, you know, HN for a guy like Brees right now, it's like, you know, it's just super interesting, um, especially with that name in particular, but you know, like I said, with Puka, I mean, any of these receivers you've seen go before him, I'm in on trading for that. Otherwise, I'm keeping my wide receiver two with top eight upside. Love it. Snoog, you're up, buddy. Yeah, this is such an easy pick for me. And this is a guy, I mean, how many times are we going to do this to ourselves? <laughs> Travis Etienne, Tank Bigsby, Jonathan Taylor, Marlon Mack, Kenneth Walker, Zach Charbonnet, the list goes on and on and on. Kenneth Walker's elite, five touchdowns already this year, RB5 on the season. He looks phenomenal. He's out there grinding between the tackles, making unbelievable plays. I mean, this guy's just a playmaker, has that home run hitting speed, that highly upside that we want in today's NFL. They got Charbonnet to be that guy to go for it on third and two or to give it to him maybe in pass pro. But like Walker's just the far better player. He's a more exciting player as well, and he's been outplaying him like crazy. I mean, Charbonnet, they gave him a situation last night where he had that that rollout flat option. They went to him on fourth down. He dropped the ball. Like you can't make those mistakes as a rookie. Kenneth Walker comes in and capitalizes. So this is a guy that, I mean, he already has five touchdowns struggled in the red zone last year. He's been punching those touchdowns in this year. Run blocking looks better. He looks better between the tackles. So wheels up for him. He's a top eight running back rest of the way. Love it. You are up. They, they, the team four was like that auto draft guy that shows up to your draft. He takes Patrick Mahomes and then Nick Chubb. So that's even better for us. Gives us more guys for us yeah. to talk about. You are up again, Snoop. I'm just going to treat treat this as if, if we're going going into week five, not even just like so the whole season, but one of the best players that we've ever watched in fantasy football is Cooper Cup. And it's he's almost worth the risk. If, if you're 4-0, like Joe said with Jamar Chase, go and trade for Cooper Cup. You can afford that risk. Move off of those high-performing assets in week through the first four weeks. The guys like Puka, the guys like Tutu Atwell, the guys like Kyron Williams, 
because when Cooper Cup comes back, we know what's going to happen. That's his team. 480 points and, or 470 points last or two years ago was just phenomenal. And I mean, this is his offense. He knows it like the back of his hand. So I'm excited to see him back and healthy and my dynasty teams need it. All right. So the next pick, this is somebody that I got in Scott Fishbowl. I have on all my dynasty teams and Joe alluded to him. So I knew he might not make it on the way back. This is Brees Hall week. All right. Look at what Denver has given up. Denver week two, Brian Robinson, 29 fantasy points. Week three, Raheem Mostert and Devin H.A. in a combined 96. Last week, Khalil Herbert, 22. And now they're saying that the pitch counts off for Brees Hall. That is all, all systems go. The offense looked a little bit better last week. Brees Hall still leading in yards per yards per touch. I think Brees Hall, I know this is a little bit early, but I think he is. We, we, we've used this word a couple times. I think this is a league winner down the stretch as he gets gets things going. I mean, every week it's been more carries, more touches, more snap count. This is the week for Brees Hall. Yeah, I mean, it's exactly what you drafted him for, by the way. Um, you know, everything was week five, week six. It's going to be go time. Welcome the crazy to go time. Thing is- yeah. Well, now people are like, that's what we did, right? And we did the same with, with Jonathan Taylor in this area. People are hitting the panic button now. And I'm like, you drafted him. You knew this was happening, right? You knew Brees Hall wasn't going to smash week one through four. We knew it was going to take a while to get the, you know, get adjusted and get that thing back so he can make his cuts after that ACL tear. You know, it's like exactly. we, sometimes we double count things the wrong direction. Yep. Same thing with Javante, for example, obviously not working out as well, but you know, did you did you not recall? Uh, do you not recall why you drafted these players? But um, speaking of a guy who missed a couple games, and Snuggie's gonna like this one, but it is going to be if I can find him on these uh, ADP lists here. I'm looking, you know, I'm just gonna search. I'm looking for one Alvin Kamara. So yeah, my team's full of running backs. Luckily, it's not a real team; it's just an order. Want to emphasize that again? But yeah, I mean, 14 targets. And I get that's because in his first game back, and I get that's because, you know, Carr was banged up or whatever. Um, probably shouldn't have been out there. Chris Olave, et cetera, suffered from that. But yeah, 25 opportunities, first week back, 75% of snaps. I mean, there was a world in 2017 where Kamara saw three games over 40% of snaps, I believe it was, and finished RB3. Mm-hmm. So he literally has rest of season RB1 overall potential here and quite frankly you know he's a guy who's been banged up in his career a little bit always ends up playing those games but he gets a little injured sometimes he only has you know six games till the bye and then finishes it out with another six games so maybe the suspension you know silver lining and everything i mean 75 percent of snaps from kamara and by the way when jamal williams is healthy it's not changing so yeah Mm -hmm. it's a wide receiver one in your running back position Um, it's, it's ridiculous, right? Especially in PPR. Yeah. And, and the best thing about it is he, he said that he was unlocking that new explosiveness with the trainer, getting that burst back. And when we saw it, he was great between the tackles, breaking a ton of tackles, falling forward for extra yards. He looked great. That whole offense was around him. I mean, 13 receptions. I know it was skewed a little bit, but a lot of those receptions were designed plays, shovel passes, getting them out in the flat one-on-one Texas routes. I mean, he looked phenomenal in that game. And I think moving forward the efficiency overall and kind of the offense itself will get better especially if Derek Carr can actually throw the ball 10 yards without that AC joint injury yeah and I think you know there's a stack going around you know he had 33 yards on 13 catches I think that's the lowest of all time on you know any player who's ever caught 13 passes 33 yards is like the lowest of all time don't care literally could care less I will happily take my 16.3 fantasy points don't care. It's just like the meme you see all the time. Just two guys picking up one fantasy point and it's like Ken Walker trucking eight guys for 10 yards and Alvin Kamara getting tackled at the line of scrimmage after catching a pass. Don't care. It's um, phenomenal for Kamara, but is it a problem for Chris Olave? I mean, we saw Chris Olave does a lot of underneath work. Almost everything went to, to Kamara. Carr looks like he's not able to throw the ball downfield like he was before. A lot of people are starting to hit that panic button where I, you know, I saw people were did that same with Garrett Wilson. Now they're starting to do the same with Chris Olave. Yeah. I mean, my initial reactions, no, you know, if it happens again next week, maybe I think if Carr wasn't injured, mm-hmm. it'd be a bit more of a conversation, but even with Olave, you know, still saw six targets, um, had a massive like 50 yard 
pass to the end zone. That was a really great defense. You know, maybe he comes down with that and no one's talking about this because we're looking at 14 mm-hmm. fantasy points. But, you know, with Olave, 10 plus targets weeks one through three, if that falls to eight, you know, and they're high quality targets because he's a really good receiver and he starts cashing in on some of those touchdowns, leads the league in receiving yards without a touchdown, by the way. So Olave, you know, good buy low. Um, but I went with here a guy who I, I don't love. Um, I didn't love drafting him. And, you know, even now it's not my favorite pick, but I should give respect that's due to Josh Jacobs, you know, as a top eight running back. And he's right out. He's in that same tier as ETN and Stevenson and Kamara underneath the big three running backs, right? It is Josh Jacobs. And obviously Aiden O'Connell really helped him with the 11 targets, but Jacobs has weak winning potential, weak winning potential. And when he does that three weeks in a row, all of a sudden it's league winning potential, right? Only 27, I say only, but only 27.9 fantasy points. Obviously that's fantastic. This should have been a much bigger day. Um, 3.4 a carry. It's not great against the chargers, 17 carries, but 11 targets. I mean, what else do you want? You know, what else do you want? So Jacobs is a, is a good RB one moving forward. What else I want is some Devin A chain. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, like 49 points. It's same like we talked about with Puka, right? Like this is someone in Dynasty. Snook and I have put people onto like putting him on all of your teams, getting him in that second round, loading up, you know, and having those insurance running backs. We were thinking maybe it was an injury to Raheem Mostert before something happened. But we, you know, he goes out in week three, puts up 49 fantasy points, and people are like, okay, it was Denver. It was a blowout. Let's see what happens. Then what does he do against Buffalo? 26 fantasy points, an absolutely phenomenal, you know, re- return to action there. For me in Dynasty, I'm ready to make him a Dynasty, you know, top 10 running back. I put him all the way up at RB6 because of the age, because of the production. It's insane. You know, like you cannot replicate this kind of stuff. And he just did it against Buffalo this week. He gets the Giants. You know, I think we have an interesting breakdown where both him and Mostert are going to have some big weeks here and there. But I, I think the way that he plays and the home run ability, this is someone that I want on all my teams right now. Snoog. I don't even know where to go with here. Right? We're in no man's land. It's just so many options here for me. Want to scroll down a little bit because my, my thing actually – oh, wait, here it is. Like wasn't pulling up. I think I'm just gonna go with. I'm gonna go with Devonte Smith because I think, although the Eagles are going through some growing pains with their new offensive coordinator and just Jalen Hurts isn't looking the greatest passing that football. They still have the best offensive line in the league, the best run game in the league, and two of the most talented wide receivers in the league. Devonte Smith showed in the first two weeks two 20 plus point games how dominant he is and how he can perform on just a low amount of targets. And his playmaking ability, and he has that touchdown upside as well. We saw he was a top 10 wide receiver last year. I think he could continue to build off and grow towards that again because I think he's easily a top eight talent in the NFL from just a talent perspective. And his chemistry with Jalen Hurts is only growing. I mean, this is his third year now with Jalen Hurts. Shane Steichen, or not Shane Steichen, um, the new offensive coordinator is kind of a clown, but I think he'll put things together, figure things out, and kind of get the ball in Devontae Smith's hands, whether it's downfield or underneath. And Jalen Hurts looks great with his deep ball. I mean, he's not playing the best. He's throwing some picks, but that'll shake off, and they'll get things drawn up underneath for A.J. Brown. They've already been doing that. Two monster mm-hmm. weeks, and Devontae Smith, is his time's coming. So next pick. Before before you do that again, we I got to hit these two guys here. the The computer took Derrick Henry and T Higgins. Joe Derrick Henry for me was I, I've been saying to everybody both in Dynasty and in Redraft. As soon as we get a monster week like we just got in Week Four, I think Derrick Henry is a sell, especially in Dynasty. We're an area where you can package Derrick Henry in a third and get yourself a twenty four first, and I think that's an absolute win. In redraft, are you believing in Derrick Henry the rest of the way? You know, th- this offense has had a lot of struggles. Right now he's the RB11. Where do you have him rest the schedule? You know, as his lowest yards per attempt that he's had in his career at 3.9, what are you doing with Derrick Henry? Yeah, I mean, I'll start with on the other kind of aspect, but Tajay Spears is a guy I want on all my rosters. Yes. It's, you know, it's giving me like Rashad White vibes from last year uh, mm-hmm. with Fournette. Obviously, two different animals there with uh, Henry and Fournette, but kind of the same thing with the backups. Uh, as for Henry, 
you know, it's really kind of a game script kind of thing. Um, against Cincinnati, you're like, yeah, that's going to be probably a good idea. It was a great idea. Indianapolis is next. I think it's going to be another good one. Then Baltimore. Um, and then the bye. So out of the bye, Atlanta, Pittsburgh, Tampa Bay. That's not good. And then you look in the playoffs. Houston, Seattle, Houston. So it seems like he always gets that Houston stack there in the playoffs. Like whoever, whoever makes that schedule, they're like, you know what? Yeah. Derrick Henry in the fantasy 40, playoffs. 40, 40. <laughs> who, who drops, you know, That's 200 hard. yards rushing That's on him nice. every time. Yeah. And you know what? It's like, again, another trendy thing. And I know you're agreeing with it. And it's actually a good take. You know, people want to get rid of Henry, this and that. But I'm just going to show my respect. You know, I'm going to have him as a top 12 running back. It's not going to be top three, you know top five um not doing the receiving like he did last year you know one target zero targets last two weeks but in these games you know just buckle up because he's gonna go and drop 5.5 a carry for 150 and probably two so he's valuable to have for that reason but you know week to week if i'm you know trying to play a guy like james cook over him for example like we have decisions to make so you know achan is starting over henry right now so mm-hmm. slightly downgraded but with these massive weak winning weeks snoop yep. you're up. i got auto picked um if you want to remove that real quick i have my pick loaded my up. Bad. Right, that's because i'm rambling who's your, pick? I, who's your pick jonathan taylor and i don't know why he's still on the board i just saw him last time we saw a full healthy jonathan taylor he was the rb1 overall and zach moss has been an rb1 in this cold system the past few weeks so i think jonathan taylor is going to come in i know there's all this rumors about him that he doesn't want to play and all this, but dude, you have to play. If you want to show other teams that you're valuable, you have to come in and you have to show that you're still the same Jonathan Taylor that rushed for 1800 yards and finishes the RB one, because no one's given up a high second round pick for you. If they think you have this back injury, this ankle injury, you're just tearing down. I mean, you're still one of the best running backs in the NFL. You're going to come into a run heavy cold scheme. Anthony Richardson looks great. You're getting tons of red zone opportunities. Just with Richardson and Jonathan Taylor being in that backfield at a shotgun mm-hmm. under center, the defense is shitting themselves. And part of my French, but that's just how it is. And Jonathan Taylor is going to have that potential to house an 80-yard touchdown at any moment to win you your fantasy week. And he's going to get the volume. He's going to get 280 touches. He's probably going to be averaging like 20 to 22 carries from here on out. So I'm going all in on Jonathan Taylor. And you need to get him on your dynasty and redraft squads right now. Yeah, I'm for it. Zach Moss has been a great fill-in. He has done phenomenal. You know, this was a guy months ago that I was saying, get him as your insurance running back. Right now in Dynasty, as soon as Jonathan Taylor comes back, trade for Zach Moss for nothing. You know, that we don't know. There's a scenario out there where Jonathan Taylor plays a couple games and, you know, has that ankle injury or something and makes it a six to eight week and just kind of rides it out into the sunset because he's getting that contract and getting a year done for me right now. I know this sounds crazy to take Jalen Waddle. He's wide receiver 56 right now. He had a touchdown called back. He's been someone that Joe, I know you and I both, you know, in our weekly breakout or bounce back, it's been Jalen Waddle. I think this is finally it. I think Jalen Waddle goes, you know, up over five, six receptions, gets a hundred yards and bounces back into that wide receiver one radar. Because if Tyreek Hill, heaven forbid, were to go down, Jalen Waddle's the top five wide receiver the rest of the way. Even without, he's a wide receiver one who's a complete buy low. Right. No, I totally agree. I mean, touched on a little bit when we were talking about Hill. I mean, we don't even need an injury. Uh, we just need a little bit of positive regression. And there are, I mean, first three weeks, first five weeks of last season, Hill and Waddle were both top three wide receivers. And Tua is playing better than last year. It's going to come here for Waddle. And, you know, you really don't want to miss out because when it's, you know, the Giants, Panthers, whatever, but then it's Philly, New England, Kansas City, like buckle up. I mean, he's a main weapon here. Uh, my pick, I, I just, I, I'm just scooping up the RBs, right? My guy is, uh, might be surprising. But it's Aaron Jones and been disappointing thus far just because of the injury. But, you know, week one, fully healthy, you know, 47% of snaps is nothing groundbreaking, 27 points and just an absolute monster. And the offense is pretty good. Obviously a a tough week against Detroit, but I kind of credit that to the Detroit defense. I think Aaron Jones is being missed uh, by the Packers, you know, was on a snap count against Detroit. They didn't have him. Watson was also on the snap count. Vegas this week. It's a nice get right spot for him before the bye. Coming out of the bye is going to be fully healthy. Gets Denver, Minnesota, 
Rams. Like, if you're three and one, four and zero, oh, go get Aaron Jones. Just showing my respect to these these you know these vets here. Um, in a little bit of a different vein, I'll finally move away from that position. And you know, looking at the wide receivers here, there really are four names. They are the four names on the board first: Garrett Wilson, DK Metcalf, Ridley, and Debo. You know, I'm gonna go Metcalf. If I had to order those guys, it would be Metcalf, Debo, Wilson, Ridley, just right now. I believe in DK, and you know, we're seeing floor performances from him. If you look at his game log, you know, hasn't scored less than 12 and a half points, but hasn't scored more than 17. Um, and that's pretty valuable just week to week, you know. With Olave, like we haven't seen that from Olave. You know, we saw weeks one through three, and then it was one point. Like DK doesn't have one point really in his range of outcomes. And JSN is not factoring in, unfortunately, for all of us in this call at least. Um, but again, I just need to show respect here and nice schedule, Cincinnati, Arizona. So I like him as a high end wide receiver too. You left my guy, you know, you, we've been taking all the running backs. You, you left my guy, DeAndre Swift, who I think has top five rest of the way, you know, ability. He has been, we, we didn't see this, right? Like Kenny Gainwell week one, you know, he goes out and dominates the touches. Then week two, you're like, same like we've been talking about a lot of these players, right? He gets as many, what, 27 touches. And you're like, okay, maybe that was just game script. Then he does it again. Then he does it again. DeAndre Swift is here to stay. I'm paying a mid to late 24 first in Dynasty. And in redraft, I just made a trade to go get him. I'm all in on DeAndre Swift rest of the way. Yeah, I actually love this Mark Andrews pick because I honestly think he's easily going to be a top two tight end this year. And So good. Yeah, exactly. And with Lamar, him and their connection that they've built and the Ravens just look overall so much better. I say it every year that they're going to be really good and then they end up being a gross team and you just see like Justice Hill and Gus Edwards running around on the field doing absolutely nothing and just holding back Lamar's value. But Andrews has started off great, even coming out of the down week last week, but he just had a monster game and I had that Lamar Andrews stack going in two leagues and I just absolutely dominated. Lamar looks so much better throwing the football. Zay Flowers is opening up the top of the defense. They lacked that last year. That's why Andrews had a little bit of a down year. But now that there's actually weapons surrounding Andrews, he's the kind of that main target again. And the field is not just primarily focused on him. Jameer Gibbs, I, I love this pick. And this is what I'm rolling with because I'm not worried about four weeks. I mean, he's a rookie. Rookies take time to settle in. And we saw what Christian McCaffrey and Kamara started off last four weeks last year. Brees Hall, other stud running backs like that. They started off slow, and Jameer Gibbs is averaging 13 and a half touches on like 40% of snaps, which is phenomenal. If he bumps that number up to like 60%, 62%, not even, maybe like 55, then we're looking at like probably like 16, 17 touches a game. And where the value is, is in the receiving game. I mean, this is a guy that is going to be super efficient. I just think he needs to put it all together. He's flashed that elite talent, that speed. He's breaking tackles at a high level. He's second in the NFL amongst all running backs right behind Devin Achan in the most explosive run rate. I mean, he's looked absolutely phenomenal this year so far. A lot of designed pass routes for him. We saw against the Packers on that night where they motioned him in, and then he ran that out route on that third and short. Design play, Goff literally got the ball, instantly looked to Gibbs, strike, boom, converted the first down. We're going to see a lot more of that. Jamison Williams coming in, he's going to take the top off the defense for Gibbs, and everything underneath is just going to be there. I mean, we're going to see a lot more Gibbs and less and less David Montgomery as the year progresses. And we saw a lot of David Montgomery because, I mean, the team was up 24-3 in the second quarter before Gibbs could even, like, step on the field. I mean, if you look at the first drive, Gibbs out snapped Dima. I mean, he got the first two snaps like it went Dima and then it was Gibbs Gibbs so I mean we got to look at it like that like Gibbs time it's gonna come it's maybe not be until week eight week 10 but when it comes it's gonna be a week winner all right so you know our, our listeners really want to get your perspective on a lot of these things Joe so we're gonna do uh, we're gonna we're gonna abandon the draft board real quick and we're just gonna go to a little keep trade cut you know old school sure. just three guys I'm gonna go Calvin Ridley Nico Collins and Debo Samuel Oh boy. Okay. Okay. Everyone's, okay. everyone's asking. I mean, Amari has been phenomenal, right? Like yeah. whenever anybody in that San Francisco offense sits, when Debo sat, 
Ayuk and Kittle look great, right? When, when Ayuk's at, Debo and Kittle eight. So we're in that area. Same thing with Nico Collins, right? We see some boom weeks for Nico. We see Tank popping in there. You know, it's an interesting scenario. And then Calvin Ridley's probably the guy I get the most questions about. I mean, he had phenomenal week one, a dud in, in the next couple of weeks. Last week, saved by that touchdown, you know, with a little bit of broken coverage here. So between these three guys, keep one, trade one, cut one. Yeah, well, you know, if we're just talking about the trades, you know, I don't like trading players at their floor. You know, I got a bunch of questions about Ridley, and it's like, you can trade him, sure, but, you know, his ceiling value is probably a top five wide receiver. You know, his median value is probably top 15, and you're going to trade him in that wide receiver two range if anyone even wants to get him. You don't want to do that. Same thing with Debo. Nobody wants Debo after, you know, Brandon Ayuk put up 150 um, and a top five performance. Like, nobody wants him. Um, so I'm going to trade Nico Collins. Not that I don't believe in Nico Collins, and unfortunately I have to trade slash cut two of these guys, but, uh, you know, it was a slow week for Tank Dell. I don't think CJ Stroud is going to have a perfect record and perfect game every single game. No disrespect. He's literally a beast. But, you know. Okay. <laughs> well, well, you know, no interceptions yet. Like, there's going to be a game – a rough one or two games. Um, and that's fine. That's totally fine. So I'm a trade Nico and, you know, just talking about uh, Ridley versus Debo. I want Debo. Um, I've seen it from him, you know, in the last few years, I've seen it this year, you know, talk about Kamara being like a wide receiver at the running back position. It's the opposite. You have a pass catching running back at your wide receiver position uh, when you have Debo and he is a monster. I truly believe he was banged up double injury, doing the decoy thing and you know ridley's gonna get the cut unfortunately but don't actually do that i would just mention if you really want to same question for you snoog you you lean in the same way there i think the tricky part is everybody keeps asking about ridley everybody keeps asking about nico i think i'm gonna do the same cut nico i'm gonna i'm gonna go the opposite than joe though i'm gonna go trade debo keep ridley because i think calvin ridley's the alpha in this Jags offense. And I don't think it's been a him issue. I think it's been an entire Jaguars offense issue. Trevor Lawrence has looked bad. The only one doing good is Christian Kirk and Evan Ingram. So, I mean, Trevor Lawrence has just been mm-hmm. kind of getting bailed out by those underneath pass routes. Travis Etienne's even had a little bit of a down stick in efficiency, and we need to see all that improve. And that's going to come with the play calling. That's going to come with that horrible offensive line stepping it up. And that's going to come with Trevor Lawrence playing at an MVP level of football. I mean, Calvin Ridley had a phenomenal week one. He's been making insane plays all through the preseason training camp. Even that week one, we were all like, wow, he's back. He's a top five wide receiver. Now he's had a little bit of a down stretch, but I think maybe he has that later half stretch of the year where he's just absolutely firing off, getting built into the system, getting more involved, kind of facing easier coverages. Like he had A.J. Terrell in his throat all on Sunday. So expect a better, especially with Tredavious White out now with that season-ending injury, expect a big bounce back from Calvin Ridley in week five. I'm glad you brought up Lawrence because the next one, Joe, we're going Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, and Anthony Richardson. So, I mean, obviously Fields bounces back in a huge way. He was someone we talked about, you know, if you are if you were 0-3, Justin Fields was that perfect buy, right? Like a guy you could go in there and try to get on a discount and improve somewhere else. So we're going Lawrence, who struggled, Fields, who struggled up until last week, and then Anthony Richardson, who had the injury, but when, that, when he plays, is absolutely balling out. Yeah, I want Justin Fields on every fantasy team I have. I don't care if it's Dynasty. I don't care if it's a six-man redraft with your friends from work. I, I don't care. Why it's I want not every- pretty, but thank you. I'm so glad you – people yeah. were like, this was my guy in the offseason. I keep seeing Twitter right. everywhere be like, dad's got to be in a, you know, in a cave somewhere. No, and I'm like, no, no. he's still – if you look what he did this year compared to last year, he's still way above where he was last year. Yeah, I was literally just going to bring that up. So, I mean, last year you had six straight weeks of under 20 points. Three of them were under 10. Six straight weeks. I mean, this was Mm -hmm. the trash of the trash on the waivers. And then all of a sudden, 25, 26, 42, 40, 24. And and now it's like this is the best player in fantasy, even in single QB. Okay, so this year every single game has been over 10 points. That's not a high bar. I get it. It only took till week four to see 29 points. He didn't even do it with his legs. And mm-hmm. I get it's Denver, but if he showed it and DJ Moore showed it and and maybe it gets better because in these tougher games, he's going to have to do it with his legs. So I want fields. So I will keep fields and I will trade 
See, this sucks because I love all these guys. I'll trade Lawrence. We don't want to make it easy for you, right? Yeah. Like I could just throw in, you know, so, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo. Right, right, right. That's you know, so the fun. reason the reason I don't want to trade Richardson is because his value is only going to go up. Like, you know, some of my subscribers every week, they say, you know, I have Herbert and my QB2 on my bench is Richardson. You know, who do I trade him for one for one? And, you know, last week it was like, oh, do I trade him for Christian Kirk? And then this week it's, oh, do I trade him for Nico Collins? And I said, I said to him, no, just hold him because eventually you're going to be able to trade him for like Ridley or Debo, right? Straight up. You truly will be able to, he's going to be a top five guy uh, when it's just, all it's going to take is a few more weeks. So I, unfortunately I will cut Richardson in this example, but I don't want to. Um, and I guess I'll trade Lawrence um, had an okay week in week four, nothing special, obviously, but just kind of capitalizing on that name value. I still believe in him. You know, if you if you want if he wants to see the bench for CJ Stroud, I don't disagree with that at the moment. But yeah, okay, I got one more here, and this has been a blast. You know, before we close out, yeah, yeah. we're gonna go to the tight end position: TJ Hawkinson, Sam Laporta, or George Kittle. Oh my goodness, um, I'm keeping. You know, rest of season, who do I think's the best? Who do I want to start? It's Hawkinson. Um, I'm gonna trade Laporta. So I'm going to keep Hawk. I'm going to trade Laporta just because I think he has more trade value right now than Kittle. Again, I hate trading players, you know, after they just put up a dud. You know, 1.9 points for Kittle is not going to cut it. It's not who he is. Uh, unfortunately, the other option in this example is cutting him. So we're going to have to cut Kittle. But I'll cash in on Laporta. You know, again, I'm always a little skeptical of these rookies. Obviously, he's, you know, putting up historic target numbers and reception numbers and yardage numbers for rookie tight ends. No doubt in my mind he's a baller, but I'll cash in on that for like, you know, if I can, you know, package him with a good receiver, you know, a puka maybe to go grab like a really good receiver, I would do that. Okay, I lied. I, we got to put you on the hot seat for one more, and I'm going to oh, make boy. this as hard as possible. <laughs> Travis Etienne, Jameer Gibbs, and Alvin Kamara for the both of you. Oh, my God. <laughs> Snow, you want to go first? You want to go first? <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I got two of the jerseys hanging up in my room right now. Joe, how many how many tweets can you go without Snoog having one of those three guys in there? You know, it, it's gonna be in there. Hey, I'm the same way. I'm the same way. So um every day. What do you got? I'm gonna go with keep Travis Etienne because like we me and Joe have been discussing, we've been chatting back and forth. He's just getting elite bell cal usage. I mean, he's getting twenty plus touches a game. The efficiency wasn't there last week, but Big week one and three from him, and we saw him pop that big touchdown against the Colts. He's getting tons of receiving utilization, too. We didn't expect that. We wanted that, but we didn't actually think it was going to happen, and now it is. So it's upside for him there. I'm going to go with trade Kamara because I just think he's a top eight running back rest away. I don't think he has the ceiling Travis Etienne has necessary, or I should say the floor, but I think he has a higher ceiling. So I think he's a guy that could be like, averaging five four to five receptions the rest of the way per game and getting 15 to 20 touches and just being a very valuable player for that Saints offense especially because Carr has that injury so it's we're going to see a ton of checkdowns and we're going to go with cut Jameer Gibbs just because he's a rookie tough growing pain start for him but all three of these guys get them all on your rosters you won't be disappointed at one point all three of these guys are going to be top 10 running backs this year Mark yeah, my I, sh word. I share that so I want to keep ETN um, in a better offense than Camara, and you know, seeing the same volume, you know, some a little more rushing, a little less receiving, whatever. Give me keep an ETN. I'm gonna trade Kamara because I don't think he's gonna get 14 or 13 targets every week. You know, he'll probably get eight. Um, <laughs> but if you say, like, here, dude, here's a running back who is guaranteed 13 points a week, you know, people will buy that, and honestly, it might might not be a lie. Um, and then I guess I'll cut Gibbs. Um, but I mean, you know, with Gibbs real quick, it's like, again, if you're three and one, four and oh, like, please go get Jameer Gibbs and just start him in your flex. It doesn't matter. Don't start him. Like, wait to see it because you will see it. And when that happens, you know, don't be mad. You didn't start him. Understand what you're doing and put him in rest of season and just enjoy because that's going to be a fun time, you know, come week, whatever, seven, eight. Yeah, so, so. Joe, this has been an absolute blast. I know Snoog and I have been trying to get you on for a while and chopping it up. So this has been one of my favorite shows in the last couple of months. You know, you did a phenomenal job. If you guys are not following Joe, Joe, give him, give him what you're working on. I mean, obviously your Twitter feed is phenomenal. I know you have subscriptions there, podcasts, everything. So why don't you tell them where they can find your work? Yeah, at NoExpertFF on Twitter. 
Um, you know, we're doing a series now on YouTube, Hero RB to Glory. It's working out really well. I drafted one running back, um, two and two, lost cup, but the the one running back was McCaffrey. We stashed Kyron, we stashed Achan. So like we're cooking, cups coming back. Uh, but it's cool. I kind of want to give you guys um, you know, a peek into how I manage my teams. And we just talk about the running back position for like a half hour every week. Um, so definitely check that out on YouTube and subscribe on Twitter for all my rankings. And I answer, you know, fantasy questions for subscribers. So if you need that, let me know. Thanks again for tuning in guys and enjoy the process. Yo, that was a blast.